The following program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage. Now in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 13th show. I'm your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. It's a great day to talk money. That's why I'm here, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, and build a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Please call at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50. Or online at themoneyhour.com. And my lineup for the show Patrick Hayes with Superior Slab Jacking. Do you have a trip hazards, inexpensive alternative ways for concrete repair? Very excited to have Patrick back in studio. Also in studio, I have Sherry Cacharo with Centrix Real Estate. Are we in a real estate bubble? We're going to be talking to Sherry about that, find out her opinion on what's happening in our local real estate market. And last guest in studio, Tanya. Eliason with the Cascade Team Real Estate. Today's real estate market. Great information and great guests in studio for more information on any topic or topics you'd like to hear on future shows. Again, please feel free to call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now, a little money chat. Money. Money. Today I thought I'd talk about credit card and credit card complaints. What do you do with those? The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has opened a one-stop complaint center for all credit card-related issues. Until recently, if you'd had complaints, you had to try working with the credit card company on your own, and we all know how... Not easy, that is. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's sole purpose is to protect the rights of you, the consumer. So you can go to consumerfinance.gov and click on the Submit a Credit Card Complaint. This will take you to a simple form that asks you to describe what's happened and categorize your complaint from a menu of 30 items, such as billing disputes, credit line increase, decrease. You also can ask how much money you you lost, if any, when an incident occurred and what you have already done to resolve the problem. Now, next, you'll be asked to describe your problem and provide the content information. Uh, You can expect written confirmation from the CFPB, which will forward your complaint to the credit card company. Uh, Once you've registered your complaint, you can check on the status online. If your credit card and company doesn't respond in a timely manner and resolve the complaint, and the CFPB receives a number of similar complaints, they will likely launch an investigation. This puts some accountability in the credit card companies, which is really nice uh, that they've got that now. There are things that the credit card company do not want you to know. They're waiting for you to have late payments. 
I know it's not very nice, but that's what they're doing. Despite new credit card rules, there are still many factors that can cause a credit card issue to raise your interest rate. Among them is when a lender reviews your credit history and decides to change the terms of your credit card after uh, it's informed that you've missed a payment with another credit card company. Now, the Credit Card Accountability Responsibility and Dispute Act does offer consumers some protection. Should your credit card company change the terms of your credit card? In most cases, they can only do this if, if your purchasing goes, uh, the purchases go forward, not on the balances that you already have. Now, prior to the reforms, most of the credit card companies would review risk on an average every 90 days. Um, now, the second thing with a credit card act, companies need to give you at least 45 days advance notice before making any significant changes to your account, such as increasing your interest rate or changing the fees. Now, if your credit card company is going to make changes to the terms of your card, they must give you the option to cancel the card before changes take effect. Now, you now have the right to reject any new items. If you reject the charges, the credit card company can either maintain the account, the existing terms for your previous balance, or close the account. Either way, you're responsible for paying off the balances under the original terms. Three, the credit card companies can't increase your interest rate for the first 12 months with some exceptions, such as if you're an adjustable rate mortgage, uh, there's an introductory rate, or you're more than 60 days late. Uh, Fourth, there are restrictions on over-the-limit transactions. You must opt in, allowing transactions to take you over your limit. If you don't, they allow the transaction to go through. If they do allow the transaction to go through, they can't charge you any of the -the over-the-limit fee. And last, there are caps on credit cards. If your credit card company requires you to pay fees, such as annual fee and application fees, the fees can't total more than 25% of the original credit card limit. For an example, if your initial credit limit is $500, the fee for the last year can't increase more. It can't be more than $125. So just a little breakdown on credit cards, some information for you. Again, uh, any complaints that you have, uh, go to the website that I directed. You can always get more information by going to themoneyhour.com. And coming up next on The Money Hour, are your walkways and the driveways safe? Here to discuss trip hazards, Patrick Hayes with Superior Slab Jacking right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Are you on a tight budget? An Old Republic Home Protection Plan protects your budget from unexpected and expensive system and appliance breakdowns. You pay a reasonable trade call fee for service on covered items. Old Republic has been shaping the home warranty industry since 1974. They have built an outstanding reputation on providing dependable, caring service you can rely on. Hi, this is Gene Roberts with Old Republic Home Protection. Please give me a call today to learn more about our home warranty product or to order protection for your own house. Call 1-800-282-7131. Again, that's 1-800-282-7131. And my extension is 1329. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. 
Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 13th show. I'm here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one show and one week, or one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing my show at a different time and you are listening to a rebroadcast, you can always call the show at 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio right now, regular contributor of my show, Patrick Hayes with Superior Slab Jacking, and we're going to be talking about trip hazards. Welcome back, Patrick. Well, thank you, Tina. It's great to be here. And can I tell you, I just picked up a copy of your new book. I'm Ah. excited to start reading that. Patrick, that is so sweet that you gave a shout out for my book. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. Good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much, Patrick. And a little bit about Patrick again uh, with Superior Slab Jacking. Patrick is VP. He's senior offer of the senior officer of Building and Industry of Washington, served as director for the State Association for eight years and currently on the board of directors of the Master Builders Association, King County and Snohomish County. Um, again, Patrick, really exciting to have you back in studio and to talk about safety and, and a ways, ways to maybe more expensive way to make your sidewalks and your driveway uh, safe. So can you explain to my listeners, Patrick, what slabjacking is for those of my listeners that don't know? Sure. Slabjacking is a way of raising sunken concrete. Um, it's very inexpensive, well, relatively inexpensive mm-hmm. in comparison to removal and replacement. Um, usually is able to be completed in one day. Uh, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. You can walk on it within 15, 20 minutes of when we're done mm-hmm. lifting, lifting whatever it is that we're lifting. Uh, that's pretty much what slab jacking is. Wonderful. And I'd also like you to share, uh, Patrick, the level of expertise with your team. Sure. Um, We have between us now about 60 years of experience with raising sunken concrete. Uh, We have by far the most experienced uh, field technician uh, with almost 20, well, probably about 20 years of experience now just on his own. Yeah. And he is a perfectionist. If you're ever going to have anybody work on your house, he's the type of person that you want working on your house. Yeah. And anybody that's working on your house, you definitely want them to be the best of the best. That's for sure. You sure do. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit, uh, Patrick, about uh, the types of concrete concrete issues that can be repaired by slab jacking. Oh, great question. So uh, you may have seen some front porches that have settled, uh-huh. uh, swimming pool decks, back patios, uh, garage floors, basement floors. Uh, sidewalks, walkways. Mm-hmm. We have done um, commercial warehouses. We have done a lot of work for King County for the libraries, uh, for the walkways there that they have there. Um, so anytime that you have any concrete that's settled, we more than likely can lift that for Got you. Got it. So if you have those roots that were planted from the trees that probably shouldn't have been planted there in the driveway and you see something going up, that would be a good thing as well. Yes. Well, roots is is an interesting interesting situation. No, 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 no. No, this is great. I'm really glad that you brought that uh-huh. up um, because with trees and tree roots, you really have three choices. Okay, uh, you can ignore the situation, which is not, not the best good. thing. No, because it keeps getting worse as those roots grow underground. Yes, mm-hmm. you can 
kill the tree and remove the roots entirely, okay. which is not always the best option. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, depending on the type of tree, if you get an arborist, you can cut the roots that go underneath the walkway. Okay. And then you can go to your local hardware store and get the stuff that makes roots decompose quickly. Uh-huh. Put that on them, and within about a year, the roots will have completely decompose and the walkway will settle right back down. Really interesting. So on that note, if I have a listener that's wondering, because I thought it'd be a perfect um, thing for slabjacking, that's Mm -hmm. that's wondering uh, what they have and and the potential issue and whether it's the right fit. Do you guys go out to the home and do consultations? We do. Mm -hmm. We do. Um, And we always encourage people, if you have a question as to whether or not this is the right service for you, Uh give us a call. We'll come out take a look. And we are very, very honest with people. We always look at every situation as if this were my house, what would I do? Well, that's why I have you in, Pat- in studio, Patrick. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so what types or, or on the trip hazards are a real concern? And that's kind of the topic for our, our discussion today, especially for our more seasoned neighborhoods. So how does the cost of slabjacking compare to the removal of replacement? Great question. Um, it depends. So sometimes it is more cost effective to remove and replace a a piece of concrete. Okay. Um, Most of the time we're going to be able to um, raise the sunken concrete at probably about a third to half the cost of removal and replacement. All right. So pretty substantial. Pretty substantial. Mm -hmm. The other part of that is, um, again, with our process, you're able to walk on that uh, walkway within half an hour or so of when we're done. Uh If you have it removed and replaced, you have to stay off it at least for three or four days. Wow. So that's a huge difference in when it's um, accessible. Yes, absolutely. So, Patrick, what about damage? When you're going in and doing your, your work, does it is there damage to plants and things around? No, there's not. And people ask that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are very environmentally conscious. Um, I am a certified green professional. And um, we have never done any damage to landscaping, uh, plants, anything, because everything that we're doing is just with the concrete piece that's just right in front of us. Okay, perfect. And what are some of the causes that you can share with my listeners on settling? Well, the, the most common reason why concrete settles is because of improper compaction. Okay. Uh, but usually, settling is going to happen on new construction within the first three years of of the home really? being built. Okay. Yes. After that, there's a lot of different reasons why concrete will settle. Uh, one is water erosion. Mm-hmm. So if your downspouts are not properly connected, you are probably going to be creating a problem for yourself. You can go and, and get pieces to connect to your downspouts for about five bucks at your local hardware store. Okay. Much, much more reasonable than paying a thousand bucks for a repair. Uh, rodents are a real issue, Mm -hmm. whether it's rats, rabbits, snakes, um, they can cause issues. Uh, The other thing is if the home was built on top of a creek bed, that's always going to be an issue. And oftentimes you don't know that for several years. And sometimes there's construction that goes on around you that changes the direction of streams. Okay. Uh, That can be an issue. Um, And the other thing, obviously, is earthquakes. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And if it doesn't 
work when you come in or a company comes in and, and does? Because I know when you guys go in, you do a lot of, you know, you're, you're taking a look to make sure that you actually can be successful at it before you're doing a, a client a client's job. But let's say that somebody has had this or has, and for some reason it doesn't work. Are there guarantees that are attached? Yes. Um, our company is a bit different than a lot of other companies in that if we attempt to start raising your, your sunken concrete and for whatever reason there's a problem with, with raising it, mm-hmm. we, we do not charge a penny. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so 100% sh- guaranteed. 100% guaranteed. We should have known up front that we were going to be able to or not be able to okay. raise the concrete. Also, uh, unlike other companies, we guarantee our work against settling, against mm-hmm. everything except for acts of God Okay, for sure. as long as you own the property. Yeah, so if it does resettle three, five, ten uh-huh. years later, we'll come back out and redo it for free. Wow, that's quite the uh, quite the guarantee. So, Patrick, um, uh, with that, with my client listeners uh, listening, what is the best way to connect uh, with your company? Well, our phone number is 866-RAISE. Uh, you can call us there or you can email me at patrick at superiorslabjacking.com. Perfect. So, Pat, can you talk about your company um, interacts with Master Builder Association um, and your involvement with them? Because you are heavily involved um, with Master Builders, which is uh, just a great organization. I am. Um, My company has been a member of the Master Builders organization for about 12 years now. Uh, and I believe so strongly in the in the association uh, and have recruited so many qualified construction people to the master builders that they actually hired me mm-hmm. to be their membership manager to continue to recruit members for the Master Builders Association. Wonderful. Um, and so let's talk about if, how many holes are needed to drill when you're doing the um, slab jacking and what does it look like when it's actually been completed? So we typically are going to drill holes about an inch and a quarter in diameter. Okay. And we drill them usually about every four feet apart. Um, and sometimes it depends on how thick the slab is, how how close or how far apart the holes are. Uh-huh. And then it also depends on how new the concrete is as to what it's going to look like when, when we're finished. And whether it's aggregate or brushed okay. or stained, if it's aggregate and it's new, you're going to have a hard time seeing that we've even drilled holes. Wow. If it's brushed, uh, we are going to be putting a new concrete next to your older concrete, and mm-hmm. it, it, it will be visible, but it will blend in with time. Okay. If it's stained concrete or stamped concrete, you're going to have to have somebody come out and try to match the colors that you have there because we're not able to match the colors. Yeah, it makes sense. So geographic area that you guys serve with your company. Canadian border to um, Olympia. Okay. Yep, Wenatchee to Friday Harbor. Wonderful. So you've talked a little bit about the um, the maintenance or pre-maintenance to make sure that you're, you know, doing things to prevent from the settling. Are there other tips that you have for uh, my listeners? Well, the big thing is to make sure that, that your water drainage yeah. is draining away from the home. Uh, so even like sprinkler systems, a lot of times you'll see the sprinkler systems, the automatic systems um, come on and 
and the sprinklers is right at the walkway or right at the front porch that's just eroding the soil from that area which uh-huh. is in effect going to create settling okay all righty how are you guys doing with your business with everything that's uh, happening in the the economy with the real estate market um i'm sure that your guys's businesses increase like uh a lot of other companies are benefiting benefiting from this market that we're in. Um, it is a booming market right uh-huh. now, which is you know really a, a great thing for everybody in the industry today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was funny as we were coming in studio, one of the realtor guests um, uh, does a lot of work with uh, Slav Jacking and and. Uh, possibly with your company on their their website. So I'm sure that you do a lot of uh, connections with our local realtors as well to help out uh, them with their client needs. We do. We do. And a lot of times we'll have real estate agents call us and say, can we give an estimate Mm -hmm. uh, to do the work? Not necessarily that the seller is going to have the work done, but the buyer wants to know what the options are. Makes sense. Um, so as an example, do I do I want to raise the front porch back up or do uh-huh. I want to replace it and put a yeah. wood deck there or, or whatever? So, you know, we try to give a lot of different options. Perfect. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for coming back in studio. It's always a pleasure to have you here and really appreciate your time. Well, thank you very much. And I can't wait to start on your book. And for all my listeners, since Patrick's mentioning my book, go to Amazon Journey With Me to per- Personal and Professional Success by your host, Tina Mitchell. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Tina. Coming up next on the Money Hour, are we in a real estate bubble? I have Sherry Carcharo with Centrix Real Estate right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Are you frustrated with hiring a realtor to sell your home and all they do is take pictures with their cell phone, put the listing in the MLS, put a sign in the yard and a key box on the door and wait for it to sell? And they get all that commission? At Centrex Real Estate, they get paid based on how long your house is on the market. If Centrex Real Estate sells your home in the first month, you pay a 1% listing fee. If Centrex Real Estate sells your home in the second month, you pay a 2% listing fee. If Centrex Real Estate sells your home anytime after two months on the market, then you pay a 3% listing fee. Basically, the faster your home sells, the less you'll pay for the listing fee. Some restrictions and minimums do apply. Centrex Real Estate is a full-service real estate brokerage. They'll spend as much time with you that's needed to help you get your home ready for the market. Your home will be staged by an accredited stager. They'll assist you in lighting design. They'll have a professional photographer take photos of your home. And they will design a top-notch marketing campaign for you. To learn more about what Centrex Real Estate can do for you, you can contact them at 206-715-6886. Hi, this is Sherry Carchano with Centrex Real Estate. You can contact me at 206-715-6886. Again, that's 206-715-6886. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 13th show. I bring in studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on 
everything regarding your money. I'm here to help you in today's economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you're listening to a rebroadcast. You can talk with the guests I have in studio or myself by calling the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio with me right now, I have Sherry Cacharo with Centrix Real Estate. Sherry, thank you for joining me in studio today. Thank you for having me, Tina. And a little bit about uh, Sherry. Sherry's been uh, serving the King County real estate industry since 1986. She's been a realtor, commercial real estate underwriter, residential loan officer, and has owned her own real estate company since 2006. This year, she was chosen the five-star award for real estate brokers, and her passion are lighting, design, and staging. And excited, uh, Sherry, to get your... um, take on what's happening in our real estate market. I know it's a common question that buyers and sellers and even us in the industry are asking, um, are we getting ready to hit a real estate bubble? I really don't think so. I get asked this question at least once a week. Yes. Because everybody keeps, because it was so devastating the last time and everybody saw how badly things went. And so everybody's in that same fear mode. Are we doing this all over again only Mm -hmm. 10 years later? Uh Uh-huh. And I don't think so. I I, I agree with you as well, Um, Sherry. And what I always say to people, too, I mean, nobody can predict the market. But if you remember from the history of real estate estate and what happened, even if we were to hit a bubble, the way you lose real estate in a real estate market is you're forced to sell in a bad market. So you hold on and look what happens. We always recover. So there's always going to be those uh, those adjustments in the market. It's just you want to be in the long uh, for the long haul. Um, So, Sherry, what has been a major cause of the bubbles of the past. So yeah, been, being in the business over 30 years, I've been, been through two major bubbles bursting. Uh-huh. Um, the first one was in the 80s, and the second one, which was eight to 10 years ago. And what caused those to burst had everything to do with the type of financing that was available to buyers yes. at that time. And in the 80s, what people were able to do is put 5% down. They did have to qualify for the loan, mm-hmm. but they got negative amortization loans. Yes. Which means their payment, their monthly payment that they were making was less than interest only. And that difference was then tacked on to the balance of their mortgage every month. So mm-hmm. they may be making mortgage payments every month, but their balance of their mortgage is actually going up yes. every month. Yep. Um, and it was a way of getting people into more expensive homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the truth is they probably shouldn't have been buying them in the first place. Yes. This last go-around was 10 times scarier Yeah. because not only did we have the negative amortization loans, we also threw on top of that, oh, you can go zero down now, mm-hmm. so have no money in the game, mm-hmm. and you get to state your own income. Yeah, and have challenging credit on top and of it. And have challenging credit. <laughs> <laughs> this was a perfect storm yeah. for disaster. Yeah. Anybody who didn't see this coming must have had their head in the sand. Yes. It was very obvious what was going on. And we had people making moderate income buying very expensive waterfront property on mm-hmm. Lake Washington. Yeah. And there was no way they were going to be able to hold on to that property. Mm-hmm. And um, because of those types of financing, yeah, people were losing their homes within the first two to four years of being in their home. It was very yeah. sad that 
they thought it was a good idea, that other people in the industry thought that this was a good idea because it was obviously devastating to this country. Yes. Um, having that type of financing. I totally agree. And when, you know, when clients ask or have any frustration at all with loan documents, um, I just let them, you know, the government has stepped in and making decisions Absolutely. on what to do to protect our economy. Thank goodness there's been some change. And Absolutely. I don't think that we're going to see that come back again, at least to any extreme that it did. Thank goodness Thank for goodness. all of us. Yes. So let's talk about what's different this time. So again, because the uh, Fed has come in and has mm-hmm. much stricter regulations on lending practices these days, those types of loans are not available to Susie and Joe homeowner. Yes. And in addition, um, the buyer pool that we currently have in this area is a completely different person. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of people that are moving here and getting jobs with Google, Microsoft, Amazon, T-Mobile, and the majority, huge majority of those people have 20 to 30 percent to put down. Mm-hmm. And they're also conservative um, yes. in general. They are conservative, so they're not maxing out um, their loan amount and maxing out the uh, amount of house that they can purchase. Yeah, it makes total sense. We, you know, we do still have the down payment assistant programs, the lower down payment yes. options, but there are credit requirements, there's income getting verified, right. and just making sure that people are in a position to be able to afford the mortgage, um, uh, as you said before. Absolutely. So Sherry, what about uh, prices skyrocketing? Is this a good time to invest in real estate with all of the instant appreciation right. uh, that we're seeing. You know, again, I get asked this question all the mm-hmm. time. Should I be getting in the real estate market at all? Or because they're afraid that it is a bubble. Yes. Well, of the people that I'm talking to that are getting, typically getting financing and are coming here, getting jobs with um, the high tech industry companies that we have here, I'm asking them, what do they see? And they see these companies are just trying to get bigger and bigger and bigger, hiring yes. more and more people. So it appears that these this jobs are still going to be around for mm-hmm. quite some time. In addition, we also have a huge influx of cash buyers that are coming from out of the country. And I've talked to people from those countries saying, you know, how much longer is this cash going to keep flowing into the U.S.? Mm-hmm. They're telling me, as I squint, they're telling me 10 to 15 years. And that's just mm-hmm. so hard for me to imagine. So I tell my own clients, I said, I think we're good for the next five years. Uh-huh. So if we know that prices are going to be going up, um, and no, who knows if they're going to continue to be this dramatic, but clearly they're going to go up, it is a fabulous time to invest. Yes. Um, the people who are flipping homes are doing incredibly well right now. And even for people that are not flipping but want to stay in their house, uh-huh. um, the home values are just going up, 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 and you got to live somewhere. Exactly. Rent prices are also going up. Yes. Uh, so, yes, I think getting your foot in the market and holding on to some real estate right now is a fabulous idea. Great advice. And I always um, have clients, whenever they have that question, too, just to run the cost of buying versus purchasing. Right. Or cost of waiting versus purchasing. Waiting. And, yes. the you know, the big thing is is the money. The, the inexpensive, the, the the cost that you're getting on your money right now. And if you run the numbers, cost is always better than price. Yes. So you can do an assumption that the market is going to um, drop, which 
us in the real estate industry and the, the uh, finance arena know that's not going to happen, at least in the near future. The question right. is, how long are we going to see the market like this? Exactly. Um, but even if you were to assume that you're going to, uh, pr- the property values are going to go down, if you assume also that interest rates are going to go up, if you're listening right now, uh, not enough time to go through the numbers, but run the numbers. And if you want me to run them for you, give me a call because it's amazing and it's an aha moment to go, you know what? I think at some point in time, rates are going to go up. So let's assume that the market is going to drop and it's always better to buy at the low price ver- or the low cost versus low price. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. Um, so Sherry, what what do you see in, in the end in sight for rises price for the rising prices to slow down a little bit? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's To me, it's insane. Again, yeah. because I have been here locally for over 30 years yeah. and seen what the prices are doing to me is mm-hmm. absolutely insane. Yeah. And I do, I do have a lot of clients that are moving to this area and they might move here, say, in the spring, and they see what the prices are, but they're not quite ready to buy, or they're they're just not educated on the market, but they're thinking, oh, I can get the $600,000 house now, and six months later, mm-hmm. that house is a good $50,000, $75,000 more. Yeah. And, yeah, it's... I. Don't see an end in sight. Yeah, and you know the interesting thing, and, and kind of a little bit of a uh, scary thing for those out people out there that are renting, and why it's so important to take a look at your options because I know there's so many people that feel that they can't do it right. when they actually are in a position to do it. And the scary thing is with the rents increasing because we're lack of inventory in the rental market, we're lack of inventory in the housing market. We don't have any more land, you know. So it's um, it'll be really interesting to see how it how it plays out. But to get into a position to where you actually are a homeowner yes. and you've secured that price and you've secured the rate. And I you know, said uh, last week or the week before or during uh, Money Chat, we literally, we've hit another historical low in interest rates. It's, yes. just, it's crazy to think that we have hit another historical low. I know. Get in and take advantage of these um, and lock down your price and your cost. And that's the other thing I've, I've also said to people who are um, thinking about buying in this market, I said, get into something. Yes. So you're building equity exactly as the prices are increasing. Yep. Because yeah, if you're sitting on the sidelines, you're probably your savings account is not growing it's as not. quickly as real estate is growing right now. Good, good point, Sherry. So, what can the general public do to keep well informed about the market conditions in their neighborhood? What I recommend to everybody, you know, everybody has a. Uh, personal physician, most people have their own CPA. Uh-huh. Oftentimes they have their own attorney, go-to attorney. Everybody should have their go-to real estate broker. Yes. Doesn't even mean, doesn't mean you're going to sell your house in the next six months or the next year. Maybe it's 10 years out. But if you can establish a relationship with a great real estate broker who will constantly keep you informed, uh-huh. maybe you're driving through a neighborhood and there's something odd going on with the house and you just want to know some information about the house. Yeah. That go-to real estate broker will always be there and can give you any um, information and advice on what's going on in the real estate market. Great. So let's talk about some mistakes that you're seeing uh, sellers make in this market right now. So one of the things sellers are not quite understanding when we talk about the psychology of pricing homes, Mm -hmm. they they hear all these stories about homes going $100,000 over list price. So they want to start at that $100,000 over list price. And the way the buyer psychology works, the buyers aren't even looking at those homes. Mm -hmm. And they're sitting on the market for quite some time. And the longer they sit on the market, the lower they're actually going to get for that home. So the sellers really need to see, you know, talk to a good 
a real estate broker that can give them some great advice on pricing the home appropriately yes. so that they can generate that multiple offer situation. Isn't that funny? No matter what market we're in, the biggest mistake that yes. sellers can make is how they price their home. Absolutely. I mean, it's just that is it, just always the, always. yeah. So let's talk on the other side about these homes that are overpriced by our sellers that are not working with you and your advice on how to list their home and they're overpricing their home. I mean, these are great homes for buyers yes. to really be looking at because Absolutely. I know buyers are, they don't, we just said, they don't look at yep. them. They take them off their, uh, their online list and yes. they forget they're even there. Go find those houses because nobody's making offers. Absolutely. It's a really good strategy. A wonderful strategy, yes. And that's how I work with my buyers is, you know, so let's look at something that's been on the market two to four weeks. Yes. Um, Because you're right. Nobody's, everybody is. You think everybody would be doing that. It's just a a perfect. technology is wonderful in this area. But what Mm -hmm. happens is everybody's on new listing. Yes. They're very focused on that. So the minute a new listing comes on the market, Mm -hmm. um, everybody's on it. And if it comes on the the overpriced listing, if it comes on the market, it was like, oh, it's overpriced, and then they literally forget about it. Yes. Well, they take it off, they put it in their their junk, or take yeah, it off yep. their you know list, and it never comes exactly. uh, back up. So yeah, looking for those homes that are overpriced, maybe houses that you know aren't uh, don't have that curve appeal and right. things that are where they're really um, doing what they should be doing with the staging correctly. Oh yes, are great ones to to go into. Yeah, yeah. sellers do need to understand that they really need to. Uh, stage the home and really yes. present it properly to the general public if they want to get top dollar. To maximize that price. So what about buyers? What are buyers doing uh, wrong in this market? Well, it, I feel so badly for buyers because they all of them need to go through an education process how insane this market is. Yes. And unfortunately, most buyers, they don't understand. They probably need to start out with a sales price that's well over list price. Mm-hmm. And typically, they have to lose a house or two bidding on them and not getting them um, before they really understand. And then, you know, a good broker then just shows them this is how much that property went over list price. And they, they just need to be educated. I can't yeah. say that they're making mistakes. They just... Well, so that's a good point to make sure if you're a buyer out there, make sure you're talking with their realtor and getting the numbers to see so right. you can see before you go out and lose two or three houses exactly. and have to figure it out on your own. This is what the typical house is going over. Uh, I've got a couple minutes here. I want a couple things I want to touch on. Uh, Sherry, rents, what are happening with them? I mean, we know they're going up. They're going up. How up, long up, are they going to keep uh, going up? <laughs> that's <laughs> that, like the actually appreciation. in Seattle. That's the number one, I don't know if you want to call it scary question or not because uh-huh. rents are escalating so quickly and there has been threats of rent control in the city of Seattle. I yeah. don't know if that's going to happen or not, but it is insane around here um, because even if you choose to live farther out, now you're paying a lot of money and gas to commute to work. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm seeing a lot of people, they're just... Um, you know, putting two, three, four people in the same house as opposed to living by themselves yeah. to be able to afford these crazy, crazy. rent price size. Yeah. Uh, last question. I need to take us to break. Uh, new construction. What do you see? <laughs> that, that's, I, right now I have several vacant land pieces um, mm-hmm. available, and what these sellers are able to get for this vacant land is insane because they're not making more land. And so anytime you have vacant land, those pr- yeah. prices are going up. Uh, the new construction starts are not even beginning to keep up with the amount of people that are moving to this area. Crazy. So we're continuing to have this, you know, this crunch of a lot of buyers and not enough inventory. Yeah. 
crazy, crazy market without a doubt. Sherry, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your uh, wealth of information with my (laughs) listeners. It was great seeing you. Thank you, Tina. Coming up next on The Money Hour, what's happening in today's real estate market with one of my other realtor partners, Tanya Elison with Cascade Team Real Estate right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Thinking about selling or buying in the greater Snoqualmie Valley and not sure where to start? Call real estate broker Tanya Eliason. She can walk you through the process in detail. You'll know all your options and what to expect in advance, including which projects will have the best cost versus return, pricing recommendations, and best timing for top dollar. She offers full-service listing for a 1% listing fee. This is truly full-service, including professional HDR photography, 3D tour, interactive property website, professional home staging consultation, one-year home warranty, hosted open houses, full-color flyers, intensive internet and social media campaign, and so much more, all for a 1% listing fee. Allow her to take care of everything while saving you thousands. If thinking about buying, she'll help you to be prepared so you can buy your dream home in this crazy seller's market. She also offers a half percent credit as a thank you for trusting her with your home purchase. Tanya is a longtime Valley resident with extreme knowledge of the specifics of the area, including how to navigate challenges such as floodplain, septic, and well concerns, as well as how to value a unique property. Tanya is a managing broker with Cascade Team Real Estate. She specializes in the beautiful Snoqualmie Valley area. Give her a call today, 425-831-5721. Hi, this is Tanya Eliason. I'm managing broker with the Cascade Team Real Estate, and I specialize in the beautiful Snoqualmie Valley area. You can reach me at 425-831-5721 or via my website at tanyaeliason.com. That's T-O-N-Y-A-E-L-I-A-S-O-N.com. And don't forget to ask me about my 1% listing fee, 100% full service, and buyer bonuses. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 13th show. Each week, I share expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 411150 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio right now, I have Tanya Elison with the Cascade Team Real Estate. We're going to be talking about today's real estate market. Tanya, thank you for coming in and visiting me in studio today. Thank you so much for having me, Tina. I'm excited to be here. A little bit about Tanya. Tanya's managing broker with the Cascade Team Real Estate and specializes in the Snoqualmie Valley, also a longtime resident of North Bend. She has been in the top agent both in the Valley and at her company since joining the Cascade Team in 2008, earning the highest designation reserved for those few agents that are not only in the top 10% of sales, but also excel in giving back to their community. Her unique 1% listing fee, 100% full service program can serve you, save you thousands. This 
this is truly a, a full service that includes professional HD photos, 3D virtual tools, staging consultation, open houses, high impact internet advertising, full color flyers and marketing board, uh, properties, own interactive website, fidelity home warranty, intensive social media campaign, premier listing on Zillow, Trulia and more, and QR barcode retargeting campaign and a lot more. Tanya provides herself an exceeding the services offered by others to ensure top dollar for property while saving thousands. Tanya, thank you again for uh, coming in studio. It'll be a great conversation to have from your perspective on what's happening in our market because as I was talking earlier uh, with Sherry, there's just a, there's a lot of craziness going on. And um, what do you think about how long this is going to be lasting? You know, we don't really see an end in sight. Mm -hmm. Um, It is still a strong seller's market. We still have a pretty big shortage of inventory. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have noticed a little bit of slowing in the Valley over the last month or two, which I think is kind of a positive sign for buyers. Yes. Not dropping in prices, Mm -hmm. but uh, we're seeing more inventory come out. Things that are overpriced tend to sit on the market a little bit more now. We're seeing some more pushback from the buyers on that. Um, And instead of maybe eight offers in the first day, we're seeing Mm -hmm. one or two offers. Yes. And like you said, which is good. It's good to see things not so crazy. Right. So still crazy, still Mm -hmm. a strong seller's market, prices still going up, and a ton of buyers still looking for homes. But I I think there, there could be at least a little bit of a slowing in the direction of a little bit more balance uh-huh. in the area that I'm in. Got it. And so you mentioned a 1% listing fee, 100% full service. So what are they uh, giving up versus if they pay the traditional 3%? Absolutely nothing with me. Okay. Perfect. And that's a, so that's a great, uh, great unique, uniqueness that you have that you offer to your sellers uh, out there in the Valley. It is. It yeah. is. Uh, it's exactly what I offer at 3%, actually. Okay. Um, so it does, you know, it is, it is truly full service still. I ended up joining the company and program because I kind of went, wow, this is an amazing program and uh-huh. I can never compete with this. So yeah. I guess I'll do it and offer that great benefit to all of my sellers. Perfect. So how about the um, a CMA and a unique property that has no direct comparable? So how are you coming up with CMAs for your clients when there's not comparable properties? Because in your area, you do have a lot of unique properties. We do. I, I myself live on 15 acres and a log home with multiple outbuildings. Beautiful. And they can be... Very challenging to find a direct uh, yes. comp for. Uh-huh. Um, and so I get called in a lot for that. Yeah. Um, just a lot of times people just curious what their home value is worth and they try to look online and can't find it. Mm-hmm. I also get a lot of referrals from other agents that aren't sure how to help price their clients in those areas. Got it. Um, it, it does take a lot more time. Mm-hmm. I usually spend hours working with a client on the CMA and kind of explaining how I'm getting there. Okay. Uh, they're it's much easier for me when it's, say, one of my listings on Snoqualmie Ridge. It's a straightforward sure. CMA. We spend 10 minutes, and it's it's very clear. Uh-huh. Whereas with the uniqueness of a lot of the acreage estate properties and floodplains and, you know, failed septic systems and wells yeah. and zoning, wow. zoning complications. A lot easier over here in the Seattle and Bellevue area. It is. It is <laughs> in a lot of ways. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's also kind of where the knowledge of the area helps sure. immensely. and kind of explaining to them more 
what a buyer looking for that type of home Mm -hmm. would have also been interested in and kind of showing them the prices on that, even if on paper they don't look identical. Yeah. So, Tanya, what are you uh, dealing with as far as the the appraisals? I know there's been some um, challenges on timelines, and I talked about that on the money chat or my money chat last week. Um, And it's been around for a few months that we've heard about the timelines. It didn't really hit me. And our company till recently, and we're seeing it. And um, but not just the timelines. My real question for you is the lack of the, of comparable properties. Are you having challenges um, with the appraisals? Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> and I know that all of the work that you do and the package that you put together for the for the appraisers can help. Yes. But if there's not inferences, so what what are you seeing, and how are you your buyers dealing with that? Are they just paying the extra when the the appraisals are coming low because there's not comparables, or how are you guys strategizing strategizing around that? When I know that it's challenging to comp property, I uh-huh. do try to meet the appraiser at the property, sure, and provide all of the information I can including all things that could potentially be considered comps, why we're not including some as comps, Uh just to help them, help give them all the information that they might need. Makes sense. Um, Because we do see a lot of unique things in the Valley that a lot of the times an appraiser doesn't realize. And they'll, so I'll include the one that on paper looks very similar, but make sure that it's got all the notes for Uh them mentioning that, well, what you don't realize is that property's flooded five times and they have an $8,000 a year flood insurance policy. Therefore, it it wouldn't really be quite comparable with this one. So I guess that's the best thing we can do is provide them with as much information as possible. And then I also offer to all appraisers in the area to call me. Uh-huh. Even though they're, even if I'm not involved in the transaction, just to call me and ask about That's any great. of the properties so building in the a valley. Rapport with those those and appraisers. I, I'm always happy to take the time. Doesn't matter which company they're doing it for, which agent. I'd much mm. rather that they call a local agent yeah. before finalizing their report and make sure that they have all the information on those properties. Yes. Okay. And are you seeing um, ex- extensive fees coming up for the appraisals now because of the uniqueness of, of the properties that you work with? Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, and it's, it's understandable. I usually warn of my buyers a little is. bit ahead of time mm-hmm. that when it's a challenging to comp property, they're going to have yeah. to spend a lot more time on it. Mm-hmm. I just did a refi on my house and we went yep. through that. You know, yeah. It was about more than double what a normal appraisal fee would yeah. be, but we also expected that. Well, a normal is not normal anymore. I mean, as right. a company, we're paying $200 bonuses to the appraisers to speed right. things up. We are paying $200 for... So yeah, there's some... That's a whole show right in itself is what's happening with the lack of appraisers uh, out there. So uh, Tanya is doing a delayed review of offers always recommended in this market? It is not. Right? Um, it Explain. is recommended in some in some situations, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are seeing some pushback and there is a risk to doing so. Yes. And, and it's, it's, it is ultimately a decision that the seller needs to make and they need to make it by discussing in depth just before listing, really focusing again on the details, what the other inventory is, where their price point is, mm-hmm. um, their neighborhood, and what how much competition there is at the time, whether or not a delayed review would be beneficial or not in yeah. their situation. Because we do see sometimes negative connotations happen when they do do the delayed review. We're seeing it a little bit more recently, uh-huh. where, especially in my area, I've been noticing uh, pushback from the buyers, and they're going... When you say, oh, they're going to be looking at offers next Tuesday, and they say, forget it, I'm not even going to go and see that house, I'm sick of that game. Yeah. And it is something that sellers need to be aware of, or the fact that they lose that potential. If if they're priced already 
pushing it a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, they do lose the potential of that buyer running right out there and giving them everything they want the first day. Sure. Yeah. And I always tell my my listeners that it really is um, consulting with your real estate expert. You've got to work with the best of the best. And again, that's what the show is all about. And as I said, coming into the, you know, to the show for this segment, it's really bringing the best of the best in the industry right here in studio. And it's so important because you've got to be able to trust the advice that they're giving them. And there's not just a generic way for buyers to work or for sellers to work. It's going to be specific, just as you had just mentioned, to property, to area, to what's happening um, at that time in the market. So what about buyers? How are you coaching your buyers to be ready to be competitive and win in this market, Tanya? It is very challenging for the buyers out there right now. They've been they've been pretty beat up over the last year or two. Yeah. The biggest key is is for them to be ready, to have knowledge of the market, the areas they want to live in, to work with a great loan officer such as you, mm-hmm. and not just have their pre-approval, but know all of their numbers and so every and all of their options. Yes. So every home we're standing in, they are before we walk into it, they know what their payment would be. Mm-hmm. We can discuss the specifics of the home. If there are any other costs associated, they can compare them directly. Things like flood insurance and all of those yeah. different aspects, and be ready to jump when that house lists. Yes. Kind of call it a sort of. I like them to take what I call a crash course in real estate, uh-huh. which is we go through the different neighborhoods they like, even if there's nothing for them. There's nothing on the market that immediately works for them. Mm-hmm. We, we go through some of the ones that are similar, that have already sold, so they can kind of get a feel for the prices, the market, what they're going to get, which areas they like, they don't like. They should check out the schools in advance, do all of that uh-huh. before putting in their offer because the luxury of waiting a day or two to think doesn't about exist. it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And then when that right property comes on the market, drop everything, mm-hmm. run out there, see yeah. it immediately, and we write an offer right then because yes. they feel confident in doing so if they're well prepared. Exactly. So that is, you know, really if um, the, the key of success is to be prepared, be confident yes. on what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do. As you said, the payment and understanding, you know, what is that maximum that you're going to go and set those limits, stick to it, go out there, run, have a sense of urgency, right. and follow the lead of your real estate expert. And don't get caught up like many do in yes. you know the multiple offers and bidding above what you're comfortable with and yes. what you can afford. And be okay walking away from a house. And it's funny because, in you know, with your the your market with so much unique properties that you're seeing still the same craziness that we are in, you know, um, in in the city. And so it's interesting that um, uh, not much difference there. What are the, some of the things that you're doing to get creative in contingencies? Are you seeing a lot of the um, the crazy removing of contingencies that that you're seeing in like the Seattle and Eastside market? We do. Uh, Are you saving wave, waiving of finance contingencies? I, I actually just reached mutual on one for my clients yeah. yesterday. Where so you've got to be really careful. With and I, well, and, and my buyers yeah. did not wave. Okay, yes. <laughs> I, like I, This was one we're representing the sellers. That's uh-huh. why they chose that offer because yeah. everything's waived. Yeah. Um, we are seeing a lot of that still. I, I would caution buyers yeah. very much, though, on, on, on waiving inspection and financing contingencies. Yeah. Um, 
you know, especially with inspections, we do have options for pre-inspections and stuff. I would say it's slowing down a little bit in the last month or two. Uh-huh. Where we're, we're not seeing quite as many pre-inspections and waived inspections, but we are still seeing them. Yeah. What about paying, um, agreeing to pay more than what the appraised value uh, might come in? Are you guys are oh, yes. doing that? Yes. I've had quite a few where I've been representing the sellers yeah. and that those are the offers that they're choosing are often the ones yeah. where they are offering above, but... The concerns are often the appraisals, yes. which is where adding that clause in there where they mm-hmm. agree to come in with so much uh, cash to make yep. up any difference in a low appraisal up to a certain amount. You know, it makes it a pretty easy decision for my sellers and exactly. which offer they're going to select. And that's why you need to be prepared up front, because if you're listening right now, you might think, well, gosh, that's crazy. You're going to be willing to pay forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 more than the appraised value if that were to happen and what you really need to do, you need to decide what you're willing to do and to get into today's real estate market. And the only way you do that is you look at the numbers, look at the rates now. What if the rates were going to go up? How much, how long would it really take to make up that forty to $50,000? What do you think the real estate appreciation is going to do? I think all of us in studio agree that in the short term, properties are not going to stop appreciating. It's a question of how quickly or how long this is going to continue. So having that confidence confidence in writing the numbers is really what it's about because forty, fifty thousand dollars is not a lot of money when you look at a potential rate increase and you look at the fact that properties are going to continue to appreciate at least over the short term. Right. And when you're um, spreading that out over thirty years. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So um, differences when buying or selling in a rural area versus the cities, Tanya. The biggest thing I would say with that is making sure you're working with somebody that has knowledge of the specific areas because there are a lot of unique aspects in a rural community and usually it it is things you know people from out of area working with somebody from out of area that do end up buying those homes that have flooded seven times and will continue to do so um so that's probably our biggest key in that perfect okay just working with that expert that understands the market and that can also explain the values when uh, no, you know, none of the automated sites will ever come close. Yes, yeah. Perfect. Tanya, thank you so much for coming in studio. It was a pleasure. Look forward to having you back again. Thanks so much, Tina. This is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for today. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. I'll be here same time, same place next weekend, right here on 1150 AM at KKNW. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. The preceding program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information.